There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I jumped on the, on the buzz with the first team squad, the 15-year-old. In your school uniform? In my school uniform. Seriously? We're down south on a Friday, we'd be in the room and I'd be asleep, and all of a sudden I'd get this pillow around my head. Barry, shut up, you're snoring. <laughs> Sorry, did you? You felt great, didn't you? Oh, God. Straight out. Oh, well, Miss Rates on piss there together. <laughs> but... Take it easy on us today, lads. You're joking. And their captain said to me, take it easy, piss your shit in. My fucking one mil, then, yeah. fucking hell, push tackle, fucking bang. Hi everyone, welcome back to the 442 podcast. And today, Liam. We've got Mark Patterson, formerly of Blackburn, Preston, Bury, Bolton, Sheffield United, Southend and Blackpool. And is it a belter? No, it's a dazzy belter. This is going to be a good one, this. <laughs> just been having a chat with Mark now. He just said, can I swear? I said, just be yourself. <laughs> I've actually never heard him swear, to be honest. <laughs> Not you get a leg Mark. Like a fucking finger out. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that a few times, sir. Blackburn fan, Mark. Blackburn lad. Yeah, yeah, very much so, pal. From uh, early age, mid seventies. So I've got here Blackburn, YTS back in the day. Mm. You're at school. Your teacher's telling you, Mark, concentrate on your work. You're never going to be a footballer. Now, is it true? In about an hour later, your PE teacher, fifteen year old, knocked on. I went and had a word with the teacher back in the day. Well, it, it might not have been waiting space a few minutes. It might have been a few weeks later. But, yeah, um, one of the teachers, I think it would, I don't know, history, English, whatever. Never interested at school. Always interested in football. That's the only thing that were ever on my mind. And then one day she stood up and I was messing around at back at class and she gave it to me. You'll never be a footballer. Get your schoolwork done. It's miles more important. You need to do this work. A couple of weeks later, Mike Hodgkinson, our sports teacher, came knocking on the door, walked into the classroom, spoke to this uh, teacher and just said to her, that, can I speak to young Patterson? Pulled me out of the classroom, took me to my house, got my football boots. I was on the coach for Blackburn Rovers going up to the North East, playing in a game at 15-year-old. Wow. And... Obviously, when I came back after that, she never said anything like that to me again. She never said, you'll never be a footballer. 
So back in you were fifteen. You were on 15, the fifteen yeah. bus. Yes. Go and play in a friendly, was it? It was a friendly. We we signed a player from I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Crooktown up in northeast. And in return, Bobby Saxon, the manager at Blackburn at the time, said they'd take a squad up to play against uh, Crooktown for a few quid. And he, so, yeah, I was 15 year old, and he pulled me out, Mike, and he said, um, No, I beg your pardon, it wasn't Sacco, it was Howard Kendall at, at the time. And Howard Kendall had asked if I could go and play so he could have a look at us. I went down to Ewood Park and I jumped on the, on the buzz with the first team squad at 15 year old. In your school uniform? In my school uniform. Seriously? Yeah. I had my blazer on. Got some funny looks when I got on buzz, but yeah, it was amazing because you've got to bear in mind, even though I've been at Blackburn since I was sort of 12, 13, I jumped on that buzz with heroes. You know, there were some players on that buzz that I just used to love. And I was sat next to them going up to play a game of football with a squad, including a lot of first team players. Wow. Unbelievable. And some big name players as well. There were some good lads in there, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, so we're talking 19, the 1979, 19, 1980, 81 it was, just before I became apprentice. Obviously, Goins were there scoring goals for fun. Howard himself. I mean, to watch Howard Kendall play, even at the age he did, he would play manager at Blackburn. I mean, he was a fantastic player. But, um, you know, we, we, it was great to get up there, but then when we got up to Crooktown, it was middle of winter, and that was another story. An experience I've never ever gone through again. <laughs> but all the first team was right with you. They were brilliant. They were a great bunch of blokes. I mean, I went up there and, and I sat on the bench and um, you know, we're in changing room and lads were getting changed and what have you. And I didn't have the football kit I put on, it didn't even fit me. I mean they're all extra large. And it, as John knows, you you used to dive in for kit. If you were last in foot kit, you got the shitty stuff that were left at end. So back in the day then, that was just like, no offence to like people play Sunday football, ah. kit bags in middle, get in for your strip. Yeah. Well, only thing you had were your shirts. With your number. That hung up, just your number on, and then socks and shorts were in the bag in middle. You used to dive in foot socks, and if you last one, like being a young lad, I always was, you come out with XXL shorts, socks up here, an XXL shirt. <laughs> and honestly, I got that night up in Crooktown. When I got my kit on, you couldn't see any of my skin whatsoever. I went from neck to toes, just in a football kit. I looked like a rag doll. I've got this vision of Kez. Honestly, yeah. Bear in mind, I had about bloody eight storm went through with something, you know. Did you get on? I didn't get on. We, I came on at half time. Um, so you got prior to the game, we were getting changed. And Back in the day, we used to, it were jock straps you used to put on. And these jocks, well, they were not ones to fit me because I was a kid. So everyone's getting changed. I just thought, well, I'll just blag it like, and I'll just put my shorts on, XXL. So I put my shorts on, I'm sat on bench, it's snowing, it's windy, it's 30 mile an hour winds, it's fucking freezing. And I'm sat on bench, freezing my nuts off. Gets in half time and I was gone, so it's Paddy, you're going on some. Just go and enjoy yourself. Get down wing, get your crosses in, because back in there, that's what I was. And uh, just enjoy it, son. I said, oh, brilliant, so Kicks off. Ball gets knocked onto left wing. I'm running out left wing, and all of a sudden, my shorts blow up, and I have no jock strap on. My fucking bollocks are flying everywhere. I'm all over the place. I'm running out wing. I've got one hand on my bollocks, and I'm trying to chase after the ball. And so Howard Kendall's come to dugout from stands. Paddy, come here, son. So I've gone over to him. He said, what's wrong? Have you got a groin strain or something? Are you okay? 
I said, no, Gaffer, I said, no, no jock strap on me. Fucking balls are all over the place. He pulled me in dugout, sat me down, and the lad who was sat next to us, he made him take his jock strap off, and I put the fucking jock strap so on. A sweaty on. I had a sweaty sock jock strap on, and fucking, honestly, brilliant. Funniest thing ever, I would Kendall. He said it's the funniest thing he's ever seen. But I bet, though, on the way back, Team Buzz, I bet everyone's pissing the pants at you, aren't they? Oh, they will laugh, yeah. Yeah, they'll laugh about it. But I were. You know, I mean, what kind of 15-year-old kid? They, they weren't too cruel with us, but honestly, mate, I'll never forget it as long as I live. So, Brilliant. day after, did you have to go back to school? Back, yeah, back to school day after, um, straight back into school. All my mates were asking about it, how have you gone on, how, you know what I mean? And and then, as I say, I mean, I must say, what, I think she called Mrs. O Mrs. Horse Fall, I think she was called. Um, what she was saying, to be fair, were right. I, I should have concentrated more on my work and what have you at school. And, you know, I never said to anybody, you know, don't do anything different. Work comes first at school, your school yeah. stuff. And I've always maintained that. I were wrong. But when you're 15 year old and you're best footballer in school and in earlier, you're down at your, your team that you love, you've got this confidence, haven't you? And you just yeah. don't give a shit about anything else. And you're single-minded as well. And that's probably yeah. what got you to where you were. Unbelievably, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you're, no, I'm going to be a footballer. It's right, it. is that, isn't it? That happens a lot in football. Often you'll get lads who are equal, equally talented, but if you've got like, a bit more about you, a bit more focus, a bit more bottle, invariably you'll make it. The ones that are self-driven will make it. That's right, yeah. yeah. 80 months later, Carlisle United away, full debut. Mm. Yeah. Um, again, apprentice, I think I were, and I got to, went up on the bus to Carlisle. I think we're about, well, I've been apprentice, or a pro, I can't remember, but... I think the win bonus in them days was 120 quid for a win, two points, 60 for a draw. And I think, I, I can't remember what I wrong, but it was double my wages, whatever it were. And I sat on bench. I actually didn't get on, but I sat on bench. And I remember, I think it was Russell Coughlin, uh, rest his soul, he died a few years ago, did Russell. He scored a penalty, I remember rightly. And my wage that week, end of that week, I had 120 quid in, more than, you know, double my wages. Thought well, that would be nice, you know. Would that be Saxon or Howard then? Well, that that was Sacco that because when I got my apprenticeship in '81, uh, Howard went off and did his first stint at Everton, um, and Sacco took over. So I think it was it was Sacco that took us up there because we saw 16, 17 year old, maybe something like that. Bobby Saxon came in with Jim Fennell, goalkeeping coach, and a, a physio called Tony Long. And um, yeah, it would again. It was an experience. I mean, I think, as I said, I didn't get on, but it were it were nice to get up on a Thursday and look at your wage slip, hundred and twenty quid on top. But you felt great, didn't you? Oh, cock it straight out. Cock it well, me straight on piss down to me. <laughs> Fucking right down to George with lads and anchor. You sad to see Howard Kendall leave? Well, uh, as as a kid at Blackburn, it was sort of you know I didn't really have that connection with him as such. She took me there. In fact, having said that, I did have a bit of a connection because when I was a 15-year-old kid at school holidays, um, we used to go down training with first team and he, and I was down at the time. So I went down, I trained with first team this particular day, but I used to have longer in this earring. And, and after training session, we sat down in changing rooms and we're getting changed. And now he's come up to us and he's gone to us, listen, son, they take that earring out. Don't ever put it back in again because you look more like Lady Diana than you do a fucking footballer. Because <laughs> it's on his true story. You have a long hair in that day, is it? Yeah, yeah. Blonde hair. Yeah. 
So Miami Vice. Flowing locks. Flowing locks, yeah. Fucking hell. Didn't last long, mine. So that was it, got rid of that. So yeah, when I would went up to, to Everton and, and Bobby Saxton came on board, then, you know, I mean, I had probably had more of a connection with Bobby over the years that I was there with him. But then obviously we already we connected again later on in my career, yeah. Well, this is a madding. You start playing regularly for Blackburn. I'm just going to go some players you played with. Obviously, Colin Hendry, yeah. Simon Garner. This one, Mark Atkins. Did you play with Mark? He was a boy, wasn't he? No, I it just, I think Mark came the season I left. Right, but Ozzy Ardiles. Played with Ozzy. What was he like? Ozzy were, were brilliant. What a nice fella. Um, Steve Archibald came, but the one thing I do remember about Ozzy is he got, I think it was Nicky Mark who were playing against Blackburn, who came to Blackburn eventually, Nicky. And he smashed Ozzy. So Ozzy only played a few games and he, he he probably probably done him did did uh, the Nicky. But I remember we went down to Millwall, and it was last game at season, and it was just round that time the pound coins come out, and so we used to get to back up was going down have a game of cards on buzz as you do, and we're on the way down to Millwall and Ozzy's we're playing what we normally play whatever it was shoot maybe or three card, Ozzy's gone, boys, change the game. Seven cards stood. This is how you play it. So we've gone from playing what we play to playing Aussie's game. Again, I'm probably our young pro there, maybe on about it rather ninety quid, hundred and twenty quid a week, and we're playing all this game. And by the time we got down to Millwall on the Friday night, because we used to stay over, obviously, I had two hundred pound in pound coins. And I thought, fucking, I two weeks' wages here. <laughs> fucking pockets were like this. My bags were full. I thought I'd a jackpot. So we played the game. It's the game where Millwall got promoted. We won and ended up getting into playoffs. Uh, myself and Keith all were on bench. We didn't get on. But we had to get off pitch pretty handy because Millwall fans came on and they were golden us over the fence with Millwall fans. I mean, they were saying, we're going to cut your fucking throat. They were proper. And, and they you were just on the bench? They were, yeah. And they weren't boys, they were men. And they, it's still like cages all the way around. So me and, me and Ellie's warming up and we're getting all this abuse. So me and Keith's gone, fuck this. Let's get up to the tunnel. When, when whistle goes, we're out of here. So we're straight down into the tunnel. All the lads managed to get in, apart from Nicky Reed and Simon Garner. And I said, oh, fucking hell, they've, you know, Reedy didn't give a shit. Reedy were a big lad and he'd take anybody on Reedy. So they come back in and Garner's just come back and he's just got his jock strap on and Reedy's got his shirt ripped off. You know, Millwall fans are, you know, good up to and what have you, but they were okay. But then we get back on buzz, come back down to Ewood Park, Straight into the boardroom. Now, Blackburn are always boardroom. They've got an iconic, huge table. A big, I think a big oak table. We're in there for 10 minutes. Beers are flowing. Directors are in. We've got to playoffs and we've got the seven cards still going again on table. I when we saw Aussies flicking cards around the table. We're there for about an hour and a half. I went home about 50 quid fucking down. I lost <laughs> so you had it a lot. Quid. <laughs> went 50 quid down. Yeah, but I mean, that were just, you know, I mean, that. To play with someone like Ozzy and Steve Archibald, absolutely amazing. Well, Steve Archibald, what I've got here, I don't remember in my era, right? But what I do know, you're at Blackburn and he left you for Barcelona. Really? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Where did we get him from? We got him from abroad. So, no, was it hard not? Did we take him? Did we, is that right way around? Did we not get him from Barcelona? Well, my, well Wikipedia said that, so I'm only going off. Right. Job, give it me. Oh, I think we might have got him from Barcelona. Although you go, even still, it's a scalp then, isn't it? Oh, Barcelona. yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, we're going to play. 
Number one mistake. He's going to swap, though, isn't it? No, he was some player, though, to be fair. Steve Archibald, I mean, he was a he, he was a unique player for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? As a striker, he, he kind of... Sometimes you looked at him and he, and he would score goals, and you think, how did he score goals? He yeah. Didn't get involved that much, and just... Yeah. When he went in the box, he was alive, wasn't he? Finish. Honestly, but what surprised me about him, again, I'm only still a young lad, but what surprised me about him... He was good into feet. Yeah, he could get hold of it. I mean, he weren't the he, he was good size, but he weren't big, big. But not many people got around him, no. and he, that that was something at the time we didn't have because I think we had Goins up front, and I think Quinny might have been there. Quinny was a big lad, but for someone to get it into feet and get hold of it, as you know, as a centre forward, and so and get ball moving and get get us playing, and he made a difference for us. Did at this Stevie. He was classy, yeah. wasn't he? Oh, great. And like yeah. you say, he just used to score goals for fun, turn up in places. A bit like yourself. In quite a quiet guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he didn't say great deal, to be honest. No. No, very quiet. He had a little bit of a, bit, a good sense of humour, very dry. You know what I mean? I look at him, Paddy, and I'm probably, I don't think he probably gets the credit he deserves to as how good he was. Because mm. he was a top, top player. Nobody goes to Barcelona if you're not a good player. No. No, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, and obviously you've got you got Kenny Dalglish, aren't you? Scottish yep. centre forwards. Yep. I mean, big George Jordan, another an iconic player. But Steve Archibald, as you say, he's, he doesn't seem to get up there with him, does he? I mean, the, the preferred duo, striking duo at that point would have been Dalglish and Jordan. Mm. But Steve Archibald was always there and scored scored some important goals for Scotland as well. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. But he was, uh, no, good, good, good striker. Mm. Why you leave? Well, it's time to leave Blackburn, your hometown club. Well, yeah, uh, it's well, it's well documented. I just didn't get on with Don McKay. Um, the what he did to me, and how he went about getting rid of me, was nothing short of disgraceful. Um, did you do it the wrong way? Oh, unbelievably. See, when he when he came to Blackburn, um, I was just recovering from an injury, and his very first game, my first game back in reserve, we played at Leeds away, so. Don McKay, Tony Parks, took me up in the, in Don McKay's car instead of going on minibus because we used to go on minibus in them days with no money for coaches. Well, that's weird straight away, and it? it's different, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm thinking, well, my first thoughts were obviously, he must fancy me, obviously to set me up in his car, so I've got a chance here. So I jumped up in his car, I went up to Leeds, um, 20 minutes into the game, I got smashed. And I, I turned and... And this lad who smashed me, I thought, you're getting it back. Because back in them days, that's what you did. And if somebody gets you, you, they're getting it back. Ten minutes later, I've cut this lad in half. Bang, done him. And we got into interchange with half time and Don McKay says to me, you tackle like that again and you'll never play for me. My my players don't do that. And I've got to him, he just smashed me ten minutes before I smashed him. I'm not going to let it go, am I? He went, you don't ever do it again. I said, well, I'm sorry. I said, but fucking hell, that's what I do. If somebody gets me, I'm going to get them back. Fucking simple as that. He went, right. Went downhill from there. And then my missus got pregnant with my first one. And um, he pulled me in office, end of the season. He had Tony Park sat behind me. And he was sat in front of me. And I thought, well, that's a bit Were you playing as well? Did he have you playing? No, no. A, a bit, to be fair, back end of that season, we had one or two injuries and he stuck me out on right wing. And you're Why on left put wing me on right wing, I'll never know. Well, fucking hell, what's the point in that? I was getting a bit of stick off punters at times, off supporters, because I weren't getting a game and I weren't really 
playing that well when I played. I've been there too long. I needed a change. So anyway, um, the way he did it, he took me and he sat me down and he said, oh, he said, the first thing was, I'm going to give you £10 a week rise. I said to him, well, my wife's expecting the first one. I could do with a bit more if that's okay. And he turned out to me saying, well, I didn't get your missus pregnant, did I? His exact words. And I thought, you prick. I said, so is that it then? Am I going? He went, yeah, to be fair, you're He'd already got Ronnie Uldersley sorted out from Preston to come and play in my place. But anyway, I went I went to Preston as it happens. It weren't a, an exchange thing, but I ended up going to North End. And it was the best move that could have happened to me. At best that time? Time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the manager at Preston, he was a bit of a nutter, wasn't he? Big John McGrath. Well, I've never seen it like it in my life. What an experience. This fellow was absolutely bonkers. I went down there with my own man because I weren't driving at the time. I hadn't passed my test. I was, I was 23 and I still weren't driving. So, me, me, no, I tell a lie, I was driving, but my old man took me down. So, we get down to the north end. I go in. I've come to see John McGrath. He was upstairs, went upstairs, sat down. Was, this fella had a suit on, big craggy face, mank. All right, son, how are you doing? Boom, sit down. Shook your hand. Right, sir. How have you got here? I've come down with my dad. Where is he? He's downstairs in Coyote. He's downstairs. Go and get your fucking dad and bring him up. <laughs> so I've gone downstairs. My, my dad's come up and my dad was a smoker and Big John was a smoker. So, I mean, I, I used to smoke myself, to be fair, like, but we sat down. He's gone to my dad. Mr. Patterson, do you want a cigarette? And my old man, yeah, go on. He said, do you want one? I thought, fuck that. No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> smoke. <laughs> I said, No. Right, so they're there for half an hour of chewing the fucking cud and I'm sat there waiting to negotiate my next move. Like, you know, I'm thinking, fucking hell. So anyway, they finished talking. Big John said to us, right, son. He said, I'm giving you this, this and this, two years. Take you to fuck off. Just like that? Just like that. Tommy Cooper, it. just like that. But no negotiating. Boom, that's it. Well, he almost doubled my wage at Blackburn and then I got a decent signing on fee. So I thought, well, I want two years, bang, sign on the dotted line, and then that would, it would the, the pitch would plastic, but it, it was a great move for me. Yeah, but that that was my first, um, my first meeting with Big John, and Mickey Rathbone with her at the time, who played for Rovers, and uh, he said to me, when I told him I was going for talks, he said, so be ready for him. He said, you're gonna, you'll see something you'll never see ever again in football, and that following 18 months, he weren't wrong. Well. How did you go with the carpet? Because it was that carpet plastic pitch, wasn't it, pressing at that time? Yeah, yeah, the original. It was actually beneficial because, as I say at times, still being a left winger, I, I didn't never have pace, as you know, but I could drop a shoulder and deliver. And that's what I used to do. I want plastic it out. But further to, to Big John, and this is how far in front of me he, he was. Keep, Alan Kelly would keep her. Keep her to get it. He said to two centre halves, you two get to the corner at box. Full backs, push on, he said. And we played with a sweeper in between, Bobby Atkins. And he used to say to him, right, we're playing out front back. 1987, 88, he said, we'll play out front back. So we used to get Bobby Atkins and get it and we pass it around. And then ultimately he'd get that 30, 40 yard ball up top. But he encouraged us to play out front back. And I, 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 it was brilliant because we played football. And that's, you know, I loved it. We weren't oofing it, it was all football. We had a lot called Brian Mooney up right wing who could go past players for full moons. He was a great player. And we had, a, we had a good setup. We got to the playoffs that season. And I mean, and it were all because of the way we played football. We couldn't, we didn't get the results away from home, if I'm being fair, because we were, we were a home team because of plastic, it would have yeah. an advantage. 
But it, but, um, it, as I say, it were it were by far in front of his time with John. We had uh, Andy Rich on a few weeks ago, and uh, Joe Rowell used team talk with before they went out. Lads, don't forget, introduce him to the pitch, will you? <laughs> yeah. Were you the same? Um, not really, no. No, 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 it wasn't like that. No, I mean it were. I mean, I mean, Mickey Rathbone. Mickey Rathbone used to slide tackle for fun. You on that, I mean? oh, all that was his game. And he first game of the season, he'd have a he'd have a, a grass burn, and he'd be there till end of the season. For the full season, he'd have patches stuck on his bloody thighs. And he walked her. And he didn't bother. But like John said, it, it weren't hard to fit. It was plastic. It was a carpet, and it was hard. And it ball used to bounce, and it used to bounce so high. Like it was used to keep it a kick. It sometimes he'd bounce straight out of play. But it was beneficial to us, and it got my career back on track. Do you know, we, when we spoke to Andy Ritchie, actually, about the olden pitch was a very similar pitch as well. And visiting teams would come, and you'd see the boys, they'd walk out with three or four pairs of moulds, of trainers, of everything else, and they were never happy with what they wore, yet you guys would have trained every day, yeah. matches as well, you knew exactly what you were wearing. That, mm. that in itself was a big advantage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, you're right, because as soon as... We say it every game. As soon as you see them coming out, these like you say, they come out with two, three different pairs, and, and they just haven't got a clue. No, and they didn't know what to anticipate. They're not to expect if you get a team that is used to going, boom, bang, you could play against it all day long because you knew how that ball would bounce. You knew that they have to have an immaculate touch on that pitch to get it under control. So you, you always had that advantage. Yeah. Always. Big Sam player. Yeah, Sam come. Sam was there for a, a short spell. In fact. When I first signed, Frank Worthington was still there. And Frank, I missed this. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? No. Frank, well, Frank were down there. Because Frank and Les Chapman were best mates, uh, who were the kit man at City Chappy. And when they were youngsters together, Oddisfield, they were, they were proper best buddies. In fact, Chappy, funniest man ever, used to tell us a few stories about Frank, which I'm not going to go into because it's probably not appropriate for this. But um, Frank were there. And he played on left wing. He was only for three or four games. And all he used to do was stand on left wing and set a goalkeeper, just hit me, son. And Frank just control it and just knock it off. Because he couldn't run. But even at, he must have been getting on 40 when he played at North End. Wow. But he were, he were a great character. I bet he's a character, isn't he? Oh, one off in a character. Really was, yeah. But yeah, then Big Sam signed. Big Sam were a bit different. He were a bit like fucking Bambi on ice with Sam on plastic, you can imagine. It's he can't get he would he would he would run the changing room, you know what I mean? Lloyd's on life character, brilliant character, always there. If you needed anyone to speak to, turn to Sam. They were all right. Could you see him then being a manager then back then? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, where he was, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because he's he had that charisma about him as a player, you know what I mean? And he'd always larger than life character, so you could always tell he could he was going to go that way. He was a leader, wasn't he? A leader, a man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's it. They were a leader. Got some other players you played with here. I remember in my era: Tony Phillips, Cook, Tony Ellis, Warren Joyce, mm. Nigel Jempson. Don't know if you got him or was he just a? You might have been. Well, Jemo came to North End last last season. I was there. We, um, I think it might have been when we. I can't remember what what actually when it was, but Jemo came back from Forest on loan, so he'd gone, and then came back to North End for end of, end of season. We played, in fact we played Port Vale in playoffs. And the beaters in first in the um, in the knockouts. Jemo came back for that game, yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. So sticking to the northwest, Bury come calling. They did. And again it was 
I didn't really want to leave pressing because we're having such a, a good time. And um, what happened was I complained about playing too much on plastic. We, we used to train on plastic all the time and end up getting sciatica. Word and tear. Word and tear. Yeah. And it, you, you could feel it, you know. And, and I went to press on it. And I, 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 didn't, I didn't call anybody. I, I got asked, how was your injury? I said, oh, we always train on plastic and I can't get rid of it. Well, Big John obviously took that wrong way. Um, and he just pulls in one day. He said, Berry want you. I'm signing Nigel Greenwood from, from Berry, and they want you to go the other way. So I went from uh, I went from one extreme to the other, really, when I went to Berry. I'm just going to, your record here at Preston, 55 games as a winger, mm. 19 goals. I took penalties. Never missed one for North End. But did anyone else come in for you? No disrespect for Berry. It happened that quick. I don't think anybody knew because the more agents because it was then. part of our that swap deal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because cause he he wanted to send it forward, did John, and so he basically he, he sorted that out, and then um, Big Sam Ellis and Barry turned around and said that I want Paddy in return. So you've you've gone from a larger than life character at Preston to probably the same again, if not more so at Bury. <laughs> Big Sam. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, well, and football-wise as well, because we just went from playing pure football just to launching it and thuggery, because that's all Sam wanted, weren't it? We had the biggest bunch of thugs at Berry that I'll never come across in my life, and he encouraged it. He encouraged well, it. Get stuck in. Oh, I mean, he signed people like I called Andy Feely, oh. who were just an horrible animal. Great laugh, good crack, but animals. And then, then he went on to get you like to Ronnie Morgie. I mean, Ronnie was a good player, but he was a beast as well. Phil Parkinson. I mean, Phil Parkinson and my teammate, and, and then when I went to a different team and he was at, at Reading, I remember running past him on a pitch and he fucking went smashing me in my face. So what's all that about? He said, just remember who I am, Paddy. <laughs> just one for old times. Old teammate. But that's what Berry was. That's why we got that success. But also at the time, you've got to remember at Berry, we had a fellow called you Eves who were in charge, who were pilfering money left, right and centre and spending it on people like him and me. <laughs> he actually went to jail for it, did you, Is this the bloke who yeah. stopped? That's the one who come up with a bag of cash and That was a suitcase every month, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the cash. Yeah. I, I said, Paddy, in a previous one, I did a podcast as well, right? And I said, from when I went in, I mean, there was money galore. There was, I mean, it was untold money, really. Yeah. And then six months later, you couldn't get a pair of laces. That's right. That was my analogy of, of the whole situation, you know, because yeah. when that money dried up very quickly, yeah. things changed dramatically. Well, didn't they? They started off offloading, didn't they? I mean, we, a few of us went, didn't we? That's when I went to Bolton. Yeah. Six of us had to go. Yeah. That was a thing, or else they were going bust. That's uh, right. And you and Tony Cunningham, mm. Bolton. Yeah, yeah. Andy Hill, Man City. Yeah. David Lee, Southampton. Yeah. Uh, I went to Millwall. Yeah. And there was one other, and I can't remember. Keepers? No, it wouldn't have been Kel then, would it? Dean, no. Kel, Dean Kelly weren't there, were they? No. That second time around, weren't it? No. But I mean, you look at the the clubs that we went to, so you could tell the quality of players that he, he had at Bury and what, you know, we all sort of went on to better things after that. We would have got promotion that year, if not. I think we would have oh, been, yeah. been up there because, I mean, yeah. we were a team that nobody liked to play against. That's right. You knew you were, you were in a game. Yeah. It's a tight little ground as well, to be fair. Gig Lane, isn't it? Down at Gig, yeah. And it was yeah. a good atmosphere as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the, obviously, because the team was going well, uh, the, the town had got behind the team and it was it was a good... Yeah. Good well, it, it was. I mean, it, it were, 
I mean, some of some of the things that Big Sam used to have us doing. I mean, you know, it won't happen nowadays. No. You know, the drinking games and competitions and that sort of thing, which were pretty well documented around them days. But once you went off over that white line, you know, you knew that nobody were going to bully you. We had the lads on there that was didn't get bullied, did we? No. I mean, some cracking lads, some cracking lads. But again. You know, it came, like John said, it came about, I got pulled in one day and um, Mickey Walsh was managing and Walsh says, was, listen, Paddy, your turn, mate, you're going to have to go. Otherwise, wages are not getting paid. It's Christmas. Um, and Phil Neal wants you at Bolton. So I nipped across to see Phil Neal. He said, I'll get you saying what you're on now. Bearing in mind, it was decent because money at Berry then, they were paying far too much than what they, they should have done for that reason we talked about earlier. So I said, yeah, not a problem. So I signed for Bolton. And then um, the only issue I had about that was the chairman, Greengrass. I've got, got him here. Who is Greengrass? So What a name. You, have you ever seen it? No. You don't know who Greengrass is? No. They call him Greengrass. What's he called, that programme that used to be on telly? Last Heart, Summer White. Heartbeat. No, I, no. Which one were it? Heartbeat, yeah. Heartbeat, is it what it might be? Yeah. yeah. They're called Greengrass. Yeah. What were he called? The, the fella who used to... Who played Greengrass in that film, in that programme? Anyway, by the by, um, it, it was Ringer for Greengrass, so people used to call our chairman Greengrass. So, anyway, I've got, we've got a course. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On car, about six of lads. And um, all sorted out. Yeah, sponsored car, it's yours like, you know. And you, when your contract expires, if, if he's still here, then you can have the car as well. An old Vauxhall. Volkswagen Jetta. Volkswagen White Jetta. ones. Them were the ones. It's about six was going there. Yeah, they? I didn't get one. So, so <laughs> I shot off to Bolton and then Terry Robinson, chairman, he said, we need your car back. I said, what do you mean? God, I said, it's mine. He said, no, it isn't. I said, it's mine. I said, the gaffer signed it all off, put it in his top drawer. In his top drawer. So he's gone, well, it's not. It's a lease car. You've got to take it back. So you're not getting it back. Simple as that. So I want something for it in return. Anyway, give us two grand for it, guy. I had to give it him back. Then you've got to buy, buy a car, car though, aren't you? I had to go and buy a bloody car, yeah. What was Phil Neal like? Bad reports he was a bit dour. Weren't great for tra- like teaching people. Um, it, Mickey Brown run shop. Uh, Mickey Brown was his assistant. Phil was obviously... His presence in itself after what he'd achieved as a footballer, that got enough respect. But Mickey Brown run the show. You know, if anybody weren't pulling the weight, Mickey would come in and he'd point the finger. 
and he'd make sure things were in, in order. Um, Training-wise, I would probably say very similar to what Liverpool did, I would imagine. All we did was play football. You know, we didn't do many set pieces. It were all five-a-sides, get out there and enjoy yourself and then and go and play the game. What, who would you say then when you come, like a room partner? Who's like your roommate? I think I used to room with Dizzy more than anybody because me and Dizzy played at, at Bury. And then obviously Dizzy got his move. And then... Um, I, when I first moved down there, when I first went up there with Phil Neal, I can't remember who room we, but after that it became Dizzy. I mean, to be fair to Dizzy, when Dizzy come to Bolton, he was struggling at Southampton, weren't he? Yeah. Um, I know he wanted to get back up north and I was still in contact with him and I, I actually told Bruce that he, he wanted to come back up north and Bruce went to get him on loan, didn't he? Whether that had anything to do with it, you know, I don't know, but you know, Bruce, I made Bruce, Bruce aware that he wanted to come up north. Dizzy's got to be the best roommate ever on a Gotta be. Has to be. He used to fucking smack me at midnight at night with a pillow because I snored. Honestly, I used to wake up at midnight. We'd go down south on a Friday. We'd be in the room and I'd be asleep. And all of a sudden, I'd get this pillow around my head. And he'd say, Paddy, shut up, you're snoring. <laughs> Sorry, did you? Fucking hell. Fucking, <laughs> what a nice lad, though. Top man. He really, was. Yeah. Going back to it, you did have a big part to play in Dizzy moving. It's a fact because uh, Ian McNeil then, when you highlighted, highlighted the, the fact that he was looking to move back to the northwest. Bruce sent Ian McNeil down initially to watch him. Right. And then Bruce himself went with Ian McNeil to to watch him. Oh. And then quickly it was the decision was made to get him up the road on loan. Oh. And you know, three months later obviously we, we signed him. We took mm. him on loan for three months and I think it was the FA Cup runs that earned the money to sign, did Yeah. It? Yeah, very much so. So yeah. you can take a lot of credit for that. Ah well He's never he's never said thanks, Paddy. <laughs> well, Bruce but, or, or Bruce or Dizzy. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I knew what he had in here yeah. because obviously playing with him. Yeah. And then Bruce, well, myself included, and a lot of everyone I think that Bruce managed went to a different level because of the way he coached us. And you yourself, I think, had went to a different level as well by that time when Bruce came in because obviously you've come inside the park as well. Yeah. You're now playing centre mid. You're now the engine. Yeah. yeah. I think in the middle of the park, got us playing, got us moving, and you could put your foot in when needed as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'll, one thing I remember about Bruce when he first came is when he had his training morning afternoons. I mean, this had never been heard of. Certainly in my career till then. And Bruce came in and he just started training mornings and afternoons and we wanted to get on golf course, we wanted to go to bookies, wanted to go to the pub. But we couldn't do because he had a training afternoons initially early in season, you know, for the first few weeks, pre-season. And then into the season for a spell as well. And we were thinking, fucking hell, I need to get home and play my golf and stuff. But what he did to us, and we didn't, even, we, we didn't realise what he was doing, it, again, he was so forward-thinking. It was getting us to play in a way that we could play with our eyes shut. When he went about his business and his players, and he, he told me exactly what I had to do. And he told Dizzy what he had to do. All I had to do was a left wing, because I had no pace. Edge at box, out my feet, deliver. Edge at box, out my feet, deliver. He said, I'm not bothered about you going to dead ball line, because he knew I wouldn't be able to get there. No pace. He said, make half your yard and deliver. And he set up lads up front. When he gets it, it's going to either go there or there. Dizzy, 
get to dead ball line, get in behind them and smash it across. And that's how we played. So we could play with eyes shut and then defensively we know exactly where we should be as a unit. And, you know, he, he, what he taught me about football in itself, not to mention how to look after yourself, as in eating the right stuff. We didn't always go by it, but it was there. And so from, from there on with Bruce, for those three seasons, it was, there were some tough times with him because he was an annoyed person and he used, to, he used to dig at you. I mean, he used to have a go at me often. But then by doing that, you go out on pitch and you score, I'm going to show you. And it give you that bit more about to go. Did they give you the love back if you went out and did the job? Or did he do nothing? It never really give you a great deal back, no. He just expects it. He, he put his arm around you occasionally and say, you know. I remember come off, he, he gave me a right good bollocking one week. Um, and then the following week, two weeks later, he come off and he just said to us in front of everybody, he didn't really give you any accolades in front of the lads. Uh, he said to me, best game I've seen you play today regarding possession. Because you know me, I used to give ball away quite a lot. Um, but then, this particular game, I thought, well, I'll do me. It mean a lot then. It would have done, wouldn't it? Yeah, very much so, because you knew that you're doing something right. If I rewind then, so he comes in, Bruce, he's got it all down, he's giving you all, maybe, I'm the new manager, I don't know, mm. and he tells you all, right, we're doing this, training morning and afternoon. Yeah. Did you yeah. all think, Fuck off, back of your heads, or did you buy into it? Well, no. Truth. No, well, we, initially, initially, I mean, you, you don't, you know what I mean, but initially you think to yourself, you know, you, you play football all your life. I would probably done what I were then, 25 or whatever, 26. I would play not six. The golf? Know, yeah. <laughs> so you're playing then, aren't you? I mean, my golf were fucking suffering. Like, I couldn't <laughs> get onto the golf course because I've got a train with this bloke who comes in who's going to do this and do that, and my golf's going to suffer. You know what I mean? But then... We in space of like as I say, we in space of a few weeks. You, you, hey, the other thing you did, we talk about looking after yourself off the football pitch as well. He gave us all the sheets, and on the sheet it had your diet on, and what you had to drink, and when you went to drink, and it, it, he actually put it in black and white for you, and he said, "This is what I expect you to go by," and so they all going out drinking for eight hours for games, which we used to like turn a blind eye to now and again. That was bump. If you got caught out then, then you you get absolutely the only, only one who got away with it, by the way. It's funny you should say that. You and seven <laughs> people have said this. Quickly, make it was he a bit of a teacher's pet? Just get it out there. Well, I don't know what it were, but he had something on him for it. That That'll way. do for me. <laughs> one one jump. No, we're we'll all going to stories because they're, they're all well documented, I think. Burnham Park. Yes. When you first went, there were only like crowds of six to seven thousand. Still atmosphere or not being a big old ground. Um, initially it, it got better, but in the night where it was a cold ground as well. I mean, and when we when we first went there, the pitch was shocking. Most pitches were, but I remember they used to just put sand on, didn't they? Sand it, sand it, and then all of a sudden you get into winter and it coming through to spring, and you with you with that deep in sand, you could hardly get out of bloody sand, especially out on flanks. Well, it was saying through the middle, weren't it? It was saying everywhere. And the ball wouldn't bounce, it was dead, one of them. Oh, you should it just boom, yeah. dead out of it, wasn't it? Aye. And for you, if you made a slight tackle, it would bring up a 10 yard divot. Oh, I really did it. But, I mean, again, though, a special place, you know yeah. what I mean? Because, I mean, when, as you said, starting off, but as the seasons went on and got better and better and we were on runs, cup yeah. runs, etc., and climbing the leagues, the crowds grew with it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You know, and I think. Even though the pitch were bad, I mean, Bruce had an experience playing on a, 
on a pitch like that back in the day, didn't he? Down yeah. the baseball ground. So they and him and Toddy, they knew there were no excuses. You know, they've been through it, been there, seen it, done it. So the way they encouraged us to play football, and they didn't encourage us to play football. We used to try and play football. We used to have to get over it, didn't we? It's shit, it's bad pitch, it's cramped, get over it. I think the good grounding was the fact that we trained at the whole sweep factory with one pitch for the whole club. Aye. Do you know what I mean? And it was like puddles and it was like everything else. And we would have half the pitch. Reserves would have half a pitch. Yeah. And in the top corner was a little triangle of grass where the youth team would would train until we finished. And then they would go on to our pitch. Pitch, yeah. Yeah. And that was every day. That's how it was, isn't it? And so there was no excuses. No. It was just get on with it. Exactly. The norm was pampered. We weren't pampered, were we? We were just brought up... I know a lot of people say old school and that's what it used to be like in day and things in general in life are changing, obviously for the worse in, in most respects. We used to go and put a shift in and if you didn't put a shift in, you get booted out, as simple as that. And it didn't matter whether it's raining, snowing, pitch were deep in puddles or whatever. You get out there, you put a shift in, you come off, quarter to five, you go and have a shower, you've done your job, you go home, you take your miss out, you go out with the lads, you have a pint, you know, and that's that's how it used to be. And then you come in if you if we won on a Saturday, we occasionally got Monday off, unless you had a game on a Tuesday. So you know, another incentive for you to to go and win games. And that that Monday day off would have been a big thing because it's a good incentive, that isn't it? Give you a chance to go over your hangover as well. Hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> but the boss used to travel back down the odd occasion, didn't he? Because he lived up obviously in Bolton, but he used right. to go back home, didn't he? So if That's we had right. won, it gave him the opportunity to get get yeah. back home for an extra day as well. Yeah, it did. To be fair, yeah, yeah, we fair like that. I mean, if you, it wouldn't. Having said that, again, this is the mental side of things. We go and win six games on bounce. We get in. We'd, it brings in on a Monday, and he'd run us yeah. on a Monday after winning six games on bounce. He'd take us down to halls, he'd put the cones out, and he'd run us until we couldn't run, until we dropped, and then he'd give us a couple of days off. And he used to think, what's all that about? It's in your head. Keep your feet on the floor. Absolutely, yeah. Don't get carried yeah. away with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Is it until later in life you realise that, or did you realise that then? Well, we couldn't get right around it. I mean, I think... As it happened, it didn't happen a great deal, but occasionally it did happen. You used to think to yourself, he's taking the piss. What's he doing? But then you realise what you're actually doing, didn't you? You knew. You're not, he weren't punishing us. He must have been doing it for the right reasons. And obviously he was. Well, I've got a great stat here, John. Your first goal in the league yep. at Burnham. Yep. was a 2-0 victory in front of 7,000 people against Hull City. 5,800. No, 7,000. 2-0, you scored. Yep. And Mark. Did I score? Yeah. Okay, now that's a rarity for Bolton, isn't it? Scoring goals, Jesus. I've got a few more stats. But that season, FA Cup, Liverpool, your take on it? Burnham Park, frozen pitch. Yeah. Were you in the middle then? Did I, Bruce start playing in the middle? I played down centre, yeah. And were you yeah. the captain? I was the captain, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I knew, I went, uh, their captain was... Um, what's he called? Who, who took me down to South End? Irish boy Ronnie. Whelan? Ronnie, fucking hell, I can't figure it out. He took me to South End, Ronnie. My memory's not like it. Did he stuff. Captured them, Ronnie I Whelan? think he would, I'm sure he would, either him or Stevie Nicholl. Or would it be Ronnie or Steve? I can't remember. I was going to say John Barnes. No, it weren't. No? No, because I remember I went up into uh, toss up for, to kick off. Whelan wasn't playing. 
Are they not, we're not Ronnie. No. It might have been Nickel then. I don't think Stephen. It. it Did he play that nickel. game? But um, whoever it was, I can't remember it being John Boynes. Rush. But, Ian Rush. No, I don't think he was Ian Rush. No, but whoever it was, because the pitch was frozen. Yep. Went up, shake hands, and um, whoever it was said to us, "Take it easy on us today, lads." You're joking. Uh, their captain said to me, take it easy. Fucking pitch is shit, innit? Ah, oh, my fucking life. Bing, fucking hell. First tackle, fucking bang. Have it. Straight away. Bang. Did you, Ral, get the lads in then and let them know that, or is it something you left kept to yourself? No, I didn't say. I just thought, fuck it, because we, we didn't need an incentive anyway, did we? Playing Liverpool at home in FA Cup, you know, on, on back of a few decent wins. So, But when he said that to us, I thought to myself, fucking hell, I don't fancy these boys. And... We should have beat them down at Burnham, shouldn't yeah. we? It would be unfortunate how it happened, but we should have beat them at Burnham. So that that would, you know, obviously to go to Anfield and then my probably highlight of my career, and I've, I've probably said it before, is when when you're captain and, and when, you, when you want to play in top league all your life and play against the best and you know deep down you're not quite good enough because we don't try and kid ourselves. And so I thought... This is my chance now to go and probably show what I can possibly do against better players. So coming down the steps at Anfield, I've got our band on. We've come out onto the pitch and there's 10,000 Bolton fans there with us, something like 8,000, 10,000, whatever it was. And then, of course, my old man, my brother, was sat in stands. And so to come out there like with our band on and um, knowing you, you're a fellow there and what have you, it were, um, it were pretty emotional. And then it were... A few years later, to be honest, actually told me that he had a tear in his eye that night. You know what I mean? He was nice. so proud. So yeah, that that stands out to my mind more than hotels. Do you remember the game? The win itself, phenomenal. Yeah, of course I do. I remember Dizzy finishing Mike Marsh's career at Liverpool. Um, that goes without saying because Dizzy had a, a game that night, didn't he? Wow! Could have scored best, five, couldn't he? Best live performance I've seen from a player. Oh, seriously, easy. He was. Unplayable, phenomenal. He would. I, I, I mean, we knew we were good, but that night he absolutely tore him to pieces. I think if I remember rightly, second half they put my Marsh off him. Then they switched. They switched Rob Jones. That's right. Yeah. Over to, to and he did the same to him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and not just him. He was coming inside, outside. I mean, yeah. With a little bit of care, he could have probably got two or three himself that yeah, night. He could have. He could have that little run he did from halfway line right through. And they pulled the shorts off him. Remember oh, the split his shoulders? Yeah. I mean, they tried yeah. everything oh. and just, he was... You know, standing. Just phenomenal. Yeah. But then, obviously, yourself, yourself and Andy, like them goals, amazing. Amazing. Well, it's just a great night. And the other thing that sticks out in mind as well is, you, you know, your Liverpool fans, they know about, they know what football's all about. And for them not to stay behind that night like they did and, and clap us off the pitch, that was massive respect to them. And that was them showing respect to us. Amazing. Because we beat them playing football. Yeah, we did. It's as simple as that. We didn't, you know, you'd expect a lower league team to go and try and kick them off the park. That's right. We played football. We did. And it was end to end. It was, a, I mean, it must have been a great game to watch if you were a neutral. Oh, aye. But especially if you were a Bolton fan, it was an unbelievable game. But no, it makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up just yeah. thinking about it, you know. You, there's, there's certain games you, you, you never forget. No. You, you, there's games that you, you forget and people say, oh, I forgot about that. But you don't remember them games. 
you don't remember you get that up how you still got up that high and stayed there I'll never know that's what you used to do though isn't it you could jump you or some I don't know how you did it you had invisible wings or something pal you could just jump and fucking float up there your crosses and Deji's crosses <laughs> <laughs> did that beating Liverpool give like the team more belief now Luke we can get out of this league we're we're onto something here with Bruce and how the team were I think we went into that game believing we could beat them went into every game believing that we were going to win we knew you've always got this thing in the back of your mind where you're playing against superior players or teams but you've always got that winning mentality and when you've got that winning mentality and that belief in your team and your teammates because we knew we had that way of how we played and it was bringing us success so when we went out against Liverpool and Everton and the other ones we knew that we had a chance of winning every single game that night though you and Kells ran the show from the middle of the park well, Kells were outstanding, weren't he? No, the two years were. We did, we worked. I think we, we, we nullified them and, and then we outplayed them, didn't we? And, you know, you've got an outlet both sides. You had Greeny wide on the right, Didsy was wide on the left. Yeah. You had an outlet every time, and if not into mine or Andy's feet. That's right. And then you just, but you just ran it. You, yeah. Honestly, you just ran it from start to finish in there. Uh, and they couldn't get near you. No, no. <laughs> right, I've got a good start here. But no one knew. I didn't know this start until this morning at six o'clock. That season, for the last 19 league games, please be right. You only lost once. Yeah. You lost once. The last 19 league games. Wasn't that a record at the time? We, Club record. If you remember, Paddy, we, we were under, because it wasn't a great start to the season. And if you think back, because I don't remember, I, I came in the, the end of September and Digi came in just about the same time. He about two, a week or two weeks after me, Digi right. came in. And we were sitting down 17th, 18th. And slowly but surely, as part of the cup runs, the yeah. league form was getting more consistent and getting better. Right. And so we were climbing the league. But really, we had no daylight and no real sort of wiggle room to lose a number of games. Right. And we basically had to win out for the rest of the season. season yeah. 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 Boston I mean, with West Brom, Stoke and Port Vale. I mean, you think about Hull City on a Friday night. Remember we're going towards oh, the end of the wow. season. Well, yeah. I mean, that the, awesome. the games. Stubbs are getting sent off. Stubbs are getting sent off in the first half. Support that, support that night was phenomenal. We had two thirds of the ground. Fantastic. Uh, but games yeah. like that. Yeah. That, I mean, for me anyway, even at that point, you know, because we were playing midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday. Yeah. You were feeling a bit heavy legged at times, but the crowd were getting us through games, every yeah. game, weren't they? They were phenomenal, weren't they? They really were. That run. Did you mention West Brom? West Brom uh, an evening game. What, no, West Brom were fourth. Port Vale mm. finished third. We yeah. were second. Stoke. So you'll find out for second place basically with. Yeah, I think Stoke. Uh, were, Stoke had run away with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they did. Because we did. Did we not play? When did we play Stoke? Did we play. We beat Stoke. Both two, home two and away. Games to go. At home, Julian Darby. Julian Darby. That's right. Julian was playing up front with me because I remember Andy got injured. Andy right. Walker got injured Easter Monday Des at home to Swansea. Des Little done him on the halfway line. Done his cruise. Done his cruise. And then the thought was then, well, that's Andy done. That's that's our promotion hopes gone. Yeah. And then Julian Darby again. What a guy who could play at the back. He could play in midfield. He could play up front. Yeah. We end up playing up front together. He scores a goal against Stoke. Stoke. Which really catapulted us yeah. towards promotion. Yeah, he did. I do remember that game, I. Well, I've got a game here I don't get talked about. I thought I'd bring it up. So we can all talk about Hull. Everyone remembers it. Yep. 
but their away match before that were Bournemouth away. Brownie scored, didn't he? Last kick at game, perhaps a few minutes Top left. Top corner, Brownie. To get the win. I've got to be honest with you, I, I, like I said before, lots of games I can't remember. My memory is absolutely shocking. I'm the same, Barry, and and it's like you, you do it's little bits, but yeah. sometimes when you start talking about them, we things come back, they you know, do, when yeah. and you start yeah. to remember. And yeah. it's uh and you go back to that whole game, every time we went forward it seemed like the crowd spilled oh. onto the pitch. Oh amazing. That remember Kells with the, the boy with the can of lager and all that and and, and the fifth <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. And then you turn around and, and the whole city left back's lying on the floor. Somebody had chinned him on the edge of the box, and you're thinking <laughs> this game's going to get called off here. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and oh, it's like, but it, it was just oh, phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. But yeah. Memories. Oh, yeah, great memories. So we got promoted, mm -hmm. Division One or Championship, or whichever Championship. you want to call it. Now, yeah. First season, finding your feet, finished 14th, but he brought some players, Bruce. Thompson, Stevie Fullerton, Kyle Laban Davidson, Jimmy Phillips. When a, a manager's bringing in players, do you feel for your players pre season when all these players come in? Yeah. Yeah, we have to shout over that because you know you've gone up a level. The players he's bringing in are, are, are up at that level already, obviously, if not better. Uh, so you know it's going to be more competitive. And that's, that's, you live with that all your life in football, don't you? You know, that's what keeps you on your toes. Embrace it and go for it. And go for it. And then you just got to put that extra bit of effort in. End of the day, if you're not good enough, then you move on. You know, the only thing you can do is your best. So these players that Bruce were bringing in, I mean, I remember he brought Tom and paid a few bob for him, 19-year-old kid. And first time we trained, you could see that this kid had some. I mean, did he play for England youth? Yeah. He did, didn't he? Yeah. But when he came in and he trained with us, and after a week or two, you're thinking, you know, he's he's, he's a left-sided player. Um, I was sort of probably floating. I think. Oh, then he, when did he sign Sneaksy? That same season. Yeah, yeah. So then all of a sudden it became, you know, a bit more competitive, and then Tomo became the left winger, and what a player, what an absolute player he became. I probably played. Best part of 30 games, maybe that season, I'm not sure. On and off the bench, coming in, and what have you. And it did become more difficult. But then when you play quality, when you've got Richard Sneaks in there, and Tom was there, and you're like, Jimmy Phillip comes in there, and you know where the club's going. And I anticipated that I'm somewhere down the line, if we got to the Premier League, I thought to myself, I'm not a Premier League player. I'm going to get, I'll get blown off. But at the end of the day, I'll get myself a good club because I've done all right down here for three years or whatever. But then, you know, it, it, it's it, it's hard as a as a as a player. It's hard to take it on the chin that somebody's taking your, your place, but you're part of the squad. And what Bruce had wasn't just the team; it was a squad, wasn't it? We had probably seventeen, eighteen players that could all go on there and do a job. They were all equally good enough. Jason McAteer. I mean, the, the players were getting better and better. So yeah, I mean, it would it was a season that. I really loved, but I also had a bit of disappointment because I didn't play every game, and that's what we want to do. Was it that season or the season after you did your thigh? Oh, it was end of the... When did we play Brad? When did Bradford play in, in playoffs? No, did we play when we beat five, when you scored a few? Was it Bradford? We lost game at season, we played at home against... You beat some 5-0 last game at season, yeah. 
Seen that this but, morning. But we got to playoffs. The, the previous season, I did my thigh. You got you had a dead leg, didn't you? I got my dead leg. Last it was game. a dead leg, and then all of a sudden, I tell you, it was Preston at home last game. Did you score a penalty? One nil. That's that was to get promotion. Well, that was a, the previous season, was it? Yeah, Wolves in the playoffs. We did Wolves in the playoffs. End of that season. Yeah, last game of the season, I got it done because you missed the playoff for it, didn't you? I did, yeah. And Wembley, didn't you? Aye, you were on bit, crutches at Wembley. Yeah, it was a bit innocuous, really. <laughs> um, a dead leg as well. Yeah. It so you thought leg. that's going to go yeah. day after, didn't well, you? Well, that's right, yeah. I mean, it were, I probably only, I'd say, early second half possibly. I went to block a, a, a pass down line. Someone has hit me in my thigh and I thought, oh, dead leg. I just, you love it off and you keep playing. Then went to the, what hotel did we go to? Because the last game of the season, we all got together for a few Georgian beers. House. In Georgian. We're at Georgian. Chairman's, Chairman's yeah. Hotel. So we're in there having a few beers. No, what, what were the one in town called? Do you know as you're going out of Bolton? Mortos. More, it was Mortos. Mortos. A few went in Mortos. Right. So we sat at Mortos and we'd had about 45 pints. And then I could feel my thigh getting bigger. I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is weird. So we sat, anyway, um, I phoned Ewan up, his physio. I said to him, listen, I think I've got a problem here. I can't move my leg, I can only walk and he's swelling up. He said, right, get to the Beaumont Hospital. Beaumont Hospital. He said, get to the Beaumont Hospital straight away. So I've got to Beaumont and Banks is coming. And Banks has looked at me a leg and he went, hematoma, mate, we're going to have to cut it. But we can't do anything until your beer's wore off sort of thing. So I had a few little painkillers and what have you. Anyway, I went in, I woke up in the morning and I've got this cut on my leg from my hip to my knee. I mean, literally that long, this guy. I've gone, jeez, what's happened there? So long story short, he said, dead leg, cut your muscle. Um, cut it open to release all the pressure. As we cut it, it fell out and whatever. We put it all back together. Two operations later, so it was all stitched up. The, you know, the rest is history. Lads went on to, to win the games and then we're running around Wembley, me and Dizzy on crutches. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't we? I was, if you look now, the final whistle, Dizzy crutches, you come on. Aye. Uh, Oh, did you I'm the first one. I remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're rolling about, yeah. And, yeah, and that was it. Wembley, it was like, because it, uh, you know, when you think back now, Dizzy couldn't, didn't play, obviously, he missed out on it as well. And it was yeah. such a big game, mm. but so vital to the team that, do you know what I mean? It was yeah. good that it was, yeah, that's definitely. what you meant as well, wasn't it? You know, no, like, would have, I mean, Dizzy in particular would have been a big loss because he, 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 he's really our main man going back, what forward line we had to be fair. You know, Tom or yourself, Andy did. I mean, it was phenomenal. But I mean, you know, Greeny did a job, didn't he? And the lads would come in. Like we said before, you had a squad. Yeah. And that's what got us through. Premiership, fit, playing, gets your boy up team, Blackburn. Mm. Good memories. Good memories. We, um, well, I mean, you, you, there's one thing you missed out here about FA Cup ups and downs. Well, I'm going to come back to Everton you and Arsenal. Yeah, I've not. It's just because I got it's in my head there. Because you have you remember? Have you forgotten all of them? I weren't going to mention that. Listen, you've got to mention it. I weren't going to mention it because about the good times before beating Villa, yeah. the Arsenal game. I want to mention. I, I like the Arsenal game. Highbury away. Um, I, the thing I remember about that is we should have. Did we win? What were it two or three? We should have been four. Three, but it should. Tony, Tony Kelly's free kick. kick. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was probably the best goal of the night. Yeah. And yet, 
he did Martin Keown for encroachment. Yeah. It's a bloody goal. goal. The ball's in the back of the net. Ball went in, that's absolutely you right. Know, if yeah. if we weren't leading three one at that time, uh, that'd have been a goal. Yeah, it would have done. It was like yeah. a Samaritan goal, that it was disallowed. But yeah. yeah. The biggest thing for me that night was it was Andy's comeback, wasn't it? And was for it? him was it? Yeah, for him to come off the bench, kind of announcing himself back, do you know what I mean after? Because he worked his socks off for about ten months, didn't he? Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? And yeah. he came back with the legs that were they were that big, weren't he? His Nothing, thighs, yeah. it was all the work he had done. Yeah. But uh no, for him to come back and get get the third goal, the clincher. Yeah. That that made oh, it a special brilliant. night. It was brilliant. It was great to see him back. And the thing about that was that them injuries, like you say, could have finished his career. I know they're not as as bad as what they used to be 30, 20 years ago or whatever, but at such a time when we were playing so well, like for him to come back and do that. But it was such a big part of the team as well, because mm -hmm. again, he would we talked about Stevie Archibald before, he could get hold of it, couldn't he? Class. He could just he wasn't Class. the biggest, but his touch were phenomenal. Really. And that was him. I keep saying it. Like he would receive it, Andy. And if it wasn't a layoff, if he could you know, just that quick turn, won it, and then a strike. Yeah. And, two it, feet. and it was always on target, won it? Or yeah. if not in the back of the net. Yeah, two good feet, mate. Brilliant. He was class. Great player. But the other thing about that night as well was when um, Ian Wright got, I think Ian Wright might have got sub for Arsenal. If not, he might have played. But when we came off the pitch, walking back up the stairs into the changing rooms, he stood there and shook every one of his hands. And I thought, mate, you respect. Class. Yeah. What a nice fella. You know, he did actually, and he, yeah. he and he, he knew pretty much everyone's name as well. You know, he went off, hey, well done, Paddy, well done, son, boom, boom. I thought, well, that's fantastic. That it's a class of a man, yeah. that, isn't it? it really was. I yeah. went to swap shirts from when I was coming off, and I was like, I swap shirt. He went, I've just got a minute, I've just got to nip back in, like, <laughs> and I said, right, I'll, I'll be back out here in a minute. So I went into the dressing room, came back out, and there was no sign of him, no, never no. got his shirt because yeah. <laughs> he was one of the shirts I wanted, but no, right. never got it. Right, Paddy, what did you do on Saturday? I said, well, Gaffer. We thought game were going to be off like. So we just went and had a few pints. He said, what do you mean a few pints? I don't know, three, four pints. We went, hold on a sec. He pulled this piece of paper out of his desk. It went Bible. It turned out, there were, I think there were some 10, 11 pints of lager, 10, 11 pints of Guinness, um, two or three shorts. And he said to us, what the fuck's a vermouth? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.